Lock the doors. As there are fewer than five members on the side for the noes in this division, I declare the question resolved in the affirmative in accordance with Standing Order 127. The names of those members who are in the minority will be recorded in the votes and proceedings. The clerk. Third reading, a bill for an act to amend the law relating to the definition of marriage and protect religious freedoms and for related purposes. That's it. That's it. Is it on? Look, I'm going to shirt front, Mr Putin. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. No, wait. It it is on? Uh, you bet you are. Uh, you bet I am. I don't like it. Oh, fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. Well, may we say, God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the Governor-General. Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of BuzzFeed Australia's political podcast, Is It On? We are recording this at midday on Friday the 8th of December. My name is Alice Workman, and I'm sitting here in Parliament House with Lane Sainty. Lane, hi. Hi, Alice. How are you? All you need is love. Wah, 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 wah. My impression of a trumpet. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I like the impression of a trumpet. I sent out a tweet this morning. I subtweeted you asking people what I should sing to you for the start of the podcast. People said love is in the air, but we've done that one. Uh, another one was I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. That one's too high. So I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> someone else suggested loving you. Is easy cause you're... I don't know the that one. Um, but my favourite suggestion mm. came from a Labour staffer who said you should sing Over and Done With by the Proclaimers, the guys that did the I Will Walk 500 Miles song. Mm-hmm. It's over and done with, it's over and done with, <laughs> it's over and done with, it's over and done with. Let me hear you, let me hear you. Alice, my favourite suggestion was uh, someone who tweeted, all you need is love and somewhere to charge your laptop in the press gallery, which is a very, very apt description of my life in the past week, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All I'm looking for is a, is a laptop charger, a phone charger. That's all I want. But Lane, it's been a historic week here in Parliament House. Australian Parliament has voted to legalise same-sex marriage at 12.01am on Saturday. Same-sex marriage will be officially legalised and the first weddings can kick off from the 9th of January. Also, Lane, FYI, Anthony Albanese, or DJ Albo. <laughs> He's available. Mm. He's available to DJ your wedding. So if anyone uh, out there is looking for a DJ, hit him up. I don't, <laughs> know, what this, his, I don't know what his rates are. Is but... this a paid advertisement from Albo on the podcast? Nah, I just thought, <laughs> you know, would you do what you want, Albo, wearing a leather jacket DJing your wedding? I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of politically minded people out there who would really go for that. Now, Lane, we're going to dedicate this whole podcast to the historic passing of same-sex marriage. Uh, so who's on the show this week? After the vote, there was a bit of a party in Parliament. Everyone was standing around having some drinks, having a lot of fun. At that party, we had a chat to Liberal MP Tim Wilson, Labor Senator Louise Pratt, Greens leader Richard Di Natale, Senator Janet Rice and her wife Penny. And also, earlier in the day, this was before the vote had happened, I spoke to Magda Sabansky. Magda Sabansky? Magda Sabansky. From Kath and Kim? From Kath and Kim herself. Oh, my God. Tragically... As much as we tried to stalk Ian Thorpe, we could not get him on the podcast. <laughs> he was in high demand. Um, but before we get into all of that, Alice, we have mm. once again ditched the Fast Five mm-hmm. and backed by popular demand. Ooh, I don't know if it's popular demand. It's my popular demand. <laughs> it is Alice's two minutes of fun describing everything else that happened this week. Alice, your time starts now. <laughs> 
Politicians handed in their citizenship paperwork and there are still clouds over a number of people, but there was a lot of squabbling and in the end only two Labor politicians have been referred to the High Court. It is ACT Senator Katie Gallagher and Lower House MP David Feeney, a real kick in the guts for Bill Shorten's flawless vetting process. Speaking of dual citizens, Barnaby Joyce overwhelmingly won the New England by-election and was sworn back in as Deputy PM, Nats Leader and Ag Minister on Wednesday and he made it just in time for question time. And it's lucky he's back because on Tuesday the government lost a vote on the floor of the House about letting New Zealand take 150 refugees from Manus Island at the start of the week, John Alexander and Barnaby Joyce gone. The government was down one vote, but now they're at parity. The government also introduced its new national security laws this week, including a ban on foreign political donations. The government is going to refer Sam Dastyaro to the Privileges Committee on the first day of Parliament next year to investigate whether he has used his time in Parliament to act as an agent for the Chinese government in return from taking some money from them to pay for some bills. Tim Nichols has finally considered defeat and Labor has won the Queensland election and Queensland has elected its youngest ever female politician, Megan Scanlon. She's 24 and she's now the Labor member for the Gold Coast. And Lane, Penny Wong was at the gym when the Senate called the vote this week, so she turned up to the chamber in trackies. Well, may I please, Matthias? I'm in my tracksuit. Can you just let me talk? The government have also shelved plans to drug test young people on youth allowance in Centrelink. They appointed a new head of the charity's regulator. It's a guy called Gary Johns, who has referred in the past to Indigenous women on welfare as cash cows. Labor announced on White Ribbon Day that they would introduce 10 days of paid domestic violence leave if they're elected at next election. Milo Yiannopoulos came to Parliament and literally no one cared. Lane. Border Force officers on Nairo are telling refugees they must separate from their wives and kids and potentially never see them again if they want to be resettled in the US. Health Minister Greg Hunt announced an action plan for women with endometriosis and there's a cabinet shuffle coming but Peter Dutton has already been given his promotion he is now the head of the super ministry and will be sworn in as the home affairs minister on the 17th of December but Lane let's go back to the main news stories of this week here is the moment the same-sex marriage bill passed parliament lock the doors as there are fewer than five members on the side for the no's in this division I declare the question resolved in the affirmative in accordance with standing order 127 the names of those members who are in the minority will be recorded in the votes and proceedings. The clerk. Third reading, a bill for an act to amend the law relating to the definition of marriage and protect religious freedoms and for related purposes. That's it. That's it. got some other business to do. <laughs> now, Lane, you know I love a fun fact. Mm-hmm. When the vote went through, Labor MP Rob Mitchell played Everybody Dance Now on his phone <laughs> and then got glared at Jesus by, Christ. By the other Labor politicians. <laughs> but then the public gallery, as you heard, started singing We Are Australian. And wasn't it just so great to see everyone celebrating same-sex marriage by singing the Qantas theme song? 
Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely was. <laughs> what you know? What what better kind of homage to the the campaign we've had? I.e., Alan Joyce has been involved to singing the another gay conspiracy. <laughs> Um, now, through Thursday, uh, the Marriage Equality guys sat in the chamber for pretty much the whole day and, and they watched along with the debate and I've never heard the public gallery so invested in something, like hanging on every single word, gasping, laughing, crying, clapping, yep. cheering, like really getting into it. You they know. really were so rowdy. Mm. It was, and 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 they got a few warnings from the the, the speaker. Yeah, they got a few warnings, but frankly, not as many as I kind of expected. I kept mm. turning to kind of the older journos in the press gallery and being like, "Have you ever seen anything like this before? Like, why isn't the you know not that not that I I didn't want to be as Christopher Pine said the Christmas Grinch. It wasn't that I was like <laughs> this must be stopped. It was just that I was surprised that it wasn't being stopped because the chamber really was just so rowdy with, mm. with everyone in the public galleries laughing and yelling. Now there. I spoke to some people who were in the public gallery about the song and why they chose it because I think when they started singing We Are Australian, a few people online went, oh, that's an interesting song choice. Um, mm. Now, apparently one of the early suggestions was Love Is In The Air, but it was rejected because it's too hard to sing and a lot of people don't know the words. True that. Then someone suggested The Beatles, All You Need Is Love. Um, very love, actually. I just had this kind of horror image of, you know, all you need is love. And then all of a sudden, like, someone smuggled in a trumpet through security and they go. And then, like image. Alice, that is my dream. That is going to be my wedding. It is a love, actually, situation. It's my worst nightmare. Tony Burke jumps up with the electric guitar. Oh, my God. We will talk about electric guitars later in the podcast. Yes, we will. Forward sizzle. But, yeah, so all you need is love was talk. And that's what they were probably going to sing. Uh, they were that was what they were going to sing until a few minutes before the vote um, because it was easy to sing. You could have one person doing the lead, so all you need is love, and then everyone can do the. Um, until Magda Sabansky made a captain's call about twenty minutes before the vote and decided that we needed something Australian, we needed something kind of iconic. They wanted to emulate New Zealand when they passed same-sex marriage and they all started singing. Yep. So they decided that we are Australian would be the best song. So they all amongst themselves started like learning the lyrics and then telling each other what the lyrics were so they were ready. And then, yeah, a few minutes before, they were like, let's, let's do it. Okay. We are one, but we are many. And from all the lands on earth we come, we share a dream. Now you're just doing a Peter Wish Wilson. <laughs> See, with one voice. <laughs> Stop speaking songs. Under pressure. <laughs> Under pressure. <laughs> pushing okay. down on me. So. Pushing down <laughs> on you. Pressure. <laughs> Under <laughs> pressure. Okay, so, all right. So the bill passed through the Senate last week, as we all know. The, um, Thursday, yesterday, it passed the House of Reps. Now only four people voted against. And the interesting thing here is that you need five votes to formally mm. record the vote properly. So we don't actually have a kind of official Hansard record of who voted yes. We'll just know the four who voted no. And that's David Littleproud, Keith Pitt, Russell Broadbent, they're all government MPs, and then Bob Catter, who's an independent MP. Mm -hmm. Also for this reason, we don't, as of this point in time, have a kind of official record of who wasn't in the chamber for the vote. So we do, we do know some of the MPs who left the chamber to abstain. That included Tony Abbott, Scott Morrison, Kevin Andrews, Barnaby Joyce, Michael Suka, Alex Hawke, Andrew Hastie, Rick Wilson, George Christensen. So they all abstained instead of voting no. There was a bit of confusion this week because Tony Abbott gave a speech in the debate and uh, said that he wouldn't be um, blocking the passage of the bill, which some people interpreted as him saying that he was going to vote yes. But Lane instead, uh, he announced that he will be attending his gay sister's weddings next year, but he uh, he wouldn't 
he did he didn't vote uh, for her to be allowed to have it. So there we go. Now, Mr. Speaker, I certainly don't pretend to be an overnight convert to support for same-sex marriage, but I am pledged to respect and to facilitate the verdict of the Australian people. Same-sex marriage should now be recognised. It will now be recognised. There should be a clear distinction between marriage as understood by the church and marriage as recognised by the state. And on that basis, uh, Mr Speaker, I am looking forward to attending the marriage of my sister Christine to her partner Virginia sometime early in the new year. <laughs> Okay, so the bill was signed by the Governor-General on Friday morning, this morning. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours! (laughs) Very sweet. (laughs) It becomes law at 12.01am on Saturday, as we said, meaning the first same-sex marriage can take place from the 9th of January because you need to give one month's notice before you can get married. How weird is that? And that law applies for everybody, not just the gays, I want to point (laughs) out. So the, the Prime Minister has predicted a bumper wedding season. Um, and there's been lots of chat about who's getting married and, and when they're getting married. After the vote, it was a party in Parliament House. Everyone Literally. headed up to yeah, it really was. Everyone headed up to um, the mural hall, which is this big kind of room in Parliament. There were drinks and photos and media and interviews and lots of tears and hugs. We caught up with a bunch of the politicians hanging out there. I'm sure, pretty much everyone in Australia this week probably saw Tim Wilson's proposal to his <gasps> partner in the Parliament, Liberal MP Tim Wilson. Here's how that amazing moment played out. <laughs> And with the indulgence of the speaker, the person I have to thank most is my partner, Ryan. You've had to tolerate more than most because you had to put up with me. This, <laughs> trust me. This debate has been the soundtrack to our relationship. We both know this issue isn't the reason we got involved in politics. Give us tax reform any day. But in my first speech, I defined our bond by the ring that sits on both of our left hands, and that they are the answer to the questions we cannot ask. So there's only one thing left to do. Ryan Patrick Bolger, will you marry me? (laughs) We'll put this. We'll chuck that in the memoirs and Hansard. Should let Hansard note to record that that was a yes, a resounding yes. Congratulations. Thank you, Speaker. I just love that Rob Mitchell, who I mentioned before, that was mm. Rob Mitchell in the chair at the time. And yeah. I just like that he said, just let the hands up record. It was a yes. Yeah, and then, and Good then, on you, mate. So we grabbed Tim Wilson for a quick chat right after the vote passed. Here he is. Tim Wilson, how are you feeling? Uh, I probably shouldn't swear when I was going to say extremely happy. Uh, normally extremely, if I was being honest, would be slightly more uh, uh, yeah, explosive laden in the sense of enthusiasm. Fantastic. And um, how, how, did, how was the debate playing out in the chamber today for you? Did, did it go faster than you expected? Was anything out of the ordinary? It actually went as I expected, which was always going to be slow. Each amendment was going to have to be dealt with. There was always going to be about 40 minutes to an hour for each one. Yep. Um, there was no certainties in all of them, but we knew each one was going to be defeated. Uh, but we just had to go through the process, partly to just show, uh, obviously, good faith to those people who wanted to vote no for different reasons or abstain for different reasons, uh, but ultimately to get to the final outcome, which was essentially 
all but unanimous. There was only a few members who voted against for their reasons, and we should respect that, uh, but the country's come together. Yeah, and what was that like for you, sitting on the side of the chamber so packed that there wasn't even room for everyone to sit? It was a beautiful thing. It was exactly what, you know, sometimes you wish you'd see more of, but uh, it's a vindication, ultimately, of how we went about it. And I'm not trying to pretend that it's been enormously difficult, but nobody contests the results. And every single member of parliament just about knew that, made the decision to represent the country, and uh, that's why we've got, uh, you know, just a smash. It's beautiful to see everybody on one side of the chamber going, we are doing this. And when's the wedding? <laughs> Early in the new year. We'll figure that out. Okay. We've just got to get over this little... We had to get over today, and now we'll go forward. Okay, thanks so much, Tim. Thanks. Labor Senator Louise Pratt also spent the whole day kind of in and out of the House of Representatives. She obviously voted in favour of the bill last week, but she really wanted to see the passage. She spent a lot of the day sitting in the public gallery with her partner, Beck. Here's Louise Pratt. Louise Pratt, we're here. Everyone's partying. It's passed. How do you feel? Awesome. I can't really believe the moment is real, and yet uh, I have all of the feels all going on at the moment. How does it feel to have been such a part of this change? It's a real privilege, but it hasn't always been easy. It's been a real uh, battle in our own party, but yet we've had also so much support from LGBTI people in the Labor Party, and I wouldn't have been be here without them. Uh, and it's just such an incredible moment in history. It's a real honour to be part of it. And a lot of the... Uh, throughout the, the whole time this bill has kind of been making its way through the Parliament... I've felt like gay and lesbian bisexual MPs have really been at the forefront of that and there's been a lot of, um, they've been speaking first, you've been, you know, applauded after your contributions. What has it meant to to be able to have LGB parliamentarians actually at the forefront of this? I don't think we'd be in this moment of time without us because essentially, you know, the work that Janet Rice, Dean Smith and myself did on that Senate committee where we were able to nut it out because essentially... We had a level of trust with each other that political parties don't have and it's because we've had a stake in it and uh, I I have the ultimate respect for them both for doing that. So it was kind of like this this queer bond that allowed you to work together? Yeah, queer bond. Some people might call it the gay mafia, but I won't call it that. (laughs) Okay. Um, And the, the debate in the House today, I saw you kind of duck in and out at points. What did you make of the the speeches that were happening and the amendments? I was actually there all day, but I chose to sit in the gallery and watch it with my partner and to really sit back and be an activist and a campaigner and part of the LGBTI community who were watching it. So, yeah, uh, that was um, different for me because many of the issues and speeches were the same in the Senate, but it was just such a privilege to sit amongst the LGBTI community to listen to that. But I was just as offended by the silly things that were said by the no side and indeed by people who were really looking, who ultimately voted yes, but were looking for some kind of vindication for religious freedoms that simply don't make sense. The logic of the Dean Smith bill that we worked on in the Senate committee is good and I'm really glad that was realised today. How many times have you been asked when the wedding is? (laughs) Well... My partner and I, we love each other very much. We're really uh, pleased that this is not a political discussion anymore and it can turn to be a personal one with our friends and family. And we're really excited about it. (laughs) Okay, great. Is there anything you wanted to add? 
Uh, I love you, Australia, for helping us get to this moment. And I don't mean that in the context of the plebiscite. I mean that that Australians have been with us on this issue for a long time before the parliament was. This issue was popular in the Australian public a long time before the parliament actually said yes. And I'm really glad that I'm uh, part of an institution that finally got it right. Thanks so much, Louise. Thank you. Also there was Green Senator Janet Rice and her wife, Penny. Now, Penny is transgender, but under Victorian law, she would have had to get a divorce in order to change the sex on her birth certificate, but they chose to stay married, and Penny would keep her birth certificate the way it was, at least until that law changed or same-sex marriage became legal. Oh, and uh, Green's leader, Richard Dinatali, was there wearing his shoes. (laughs) His rainbow shoes. I'm at the marriage equality celebrations in Parliament House. The vote has just passed Parliament. I'm here with Greens leader Richard Di Natale and Green Senator Janet Rice. Guys, how are you feeling? Overwhelmed and just feeling that this huge cloud that has been over our lives for years and years and years has lifted and the rainbows come out and the sun's shining and that you know, somewhere over the rainbow dreams are really coming true and that love has won and I just feel extraordinary and overwhelmed. Well, it's a strange feeling because I don't normally feel happy when I'm in this place, but <laughs> just, this, this, it's this sort of, I'm in the building and I'm feeling overjoyed, elated and, um, and full, yeah. of, full of love and it's a good thing. There needs to be more of it. How did you feel when the when they started singing in the in the public gallery? We are Australian. <laughs> well, we got the first. Oh uh, no! The is first that what they did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't you see no, it? No, no, there was a division in the Senate. So, so you didn't what, even see vote? it happen. No, no. And so they, they began no, we to sing. We are Australian. They put us through those. Appalling yeah. speeches, <laughs> and then the bells rang, and we missed the bloody vote. That's right. So we were there for the first rendition, and then the speaker had to say, "Oh, the oh, vote hasn't yeah. passed yet," yeah. and so the choir calmed down. But yes, when they did the full, the, the, the rendition, full rendition, we, we, were, we were out. Yeah. So, but the, but we we get the feeling. The feeling is all around the place, and it's certainly nothing that I have ever felt in this Senate before. Yeah. And I'm sure is something that's going to be a long time being replicated. It really is. Now you're here with your partner in this has huge ramifications for you guys. How are you you feeling? Well, it means we don't have to get divorced. (laughs) We can stay married, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. I mean, we've only been married for 31 years, so staying married is a pretty nice thing. Um, How does it feel to be... So we're in the level two of Parliament. There's an open bar. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's celebrating. There's even some no voters here. Drinking the free really? booze. Oh, well, well there you go. It shows you their, their conviction runs skin exactly. deep, doesn't it? There weren't very many no voters in the end. That was There's the amazing thing. There were only four of them in the House that actually felt that they had yeah. to vote no. And so, and I think it shows, yes, tomorrow when the sun comes up and marriage equality is law, people will realise that, hey, all it means is that love is won and that people will be able to marry the person they love and for everybody else their life will just continue on as normal. And, yeah, you know, we've put a, the whole country through this pretty tortuous course for decades. But, you know, we've resolved it and let's now move on and let the celebrations begin. Well, most important question, how are you going to be celebrating? <laughs> well, um, well, you know what? I, there was a, there was a <laughs> so moment, you're going to celebrate by working? <laughs> there was a moment of quiet reflection, actually. I was, um, I know while you were... Uh, in the middle of the throng, and Nick McKim and myself were sitting there quietly, just reflecting on, this has been two decades in the making for the Greens. We've been at this for a long time, and I know while there was a lot of excitement, the people who arrived at this issue, and good on them, people like um, Dean Smith, who came to it 
recently, but has been so critical in helping getting getting it over the line. I mean, I, we were thinking about people who went before us, people like Bob Brown and, and Christine Milne, who put bills before the parliament, um, all of the activists, uh, the people who for many, many years have fought for this, who aren't part of this story today, but are the reason it happened. So, and so in terms of celebrating, I think, yeah, remembering all of those people. Yeah. I mean, there's a big party on in Melbourne tomorrow night, I'm told. So at least, you know, the Senate will rise for the, the night, rise for the year tonight. And so we'll get back to Melbourne tomorrow. Well, this is we'll it. This to, is the last day. Exactly. We'll be able to join in the celebrations. But I think it's going to be a, a sort of a ripple effect. And you're just going to be pitching yourself and saying, it's really true. And, you know, and we don't me- have that job to do anymore. No, <laughs> exactly. And meeting, yeah. up, meeting up with these One down, people that have been... 458 <laughs> other things to get done but you know meeting people for, for whom we have campaigned so you know collaboratively together particularly over the last year and to realize that, that we've we've won and that love's won and that people are you know their relationships their lives their, the loves of their lives are truly recognized and truly equal and that everyone together both the huge campaign now and the huge campaign back through the last decades um, has achieved that. So it's it's a massive achievement for the power of, of people and the power of love. Well, I won't keep you any longer. Go off and celebrate. <laughs> love one. Thanks, Alice. Sure did. <laughs> now, there were some celebrities celebrating mm. the vote too. We had Magda Sabansky, obviously of um, Kath and Kim fame. Also Ian Thorpe, former Olympic swimmer. Earlier in the morning, I was out on the front lawns with a bunch of advocates. They set up there kind of from 7am to have a bit of a pre-vote rally. I caught up with Magda Sabansky there and asked her, Magda, how are you feeling? As oldies, yeah. it's just to be standing outside Parliament, about to be inside Parliament, yeah. um, uh, to be recognised publicly. I mean, it was we were so ashamed. We were so, you know, when we, when I was young, yeah. being gay just meant a life of torment and torture, yeah. really. Yeah. You know, and shame and and the idea that you would ever find happiness and love and that that love would be supported and celebrated by the entire nation. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tooting their horn. There they go. Um, it was inconceivable. And we've made the inconceivable real. You know, because despite everything being against us, we, we had the strength to continue to be who we are. And people in various degrees of outness, whatever, you know, it's not... Um, you know, everyone does it in their own way in their own time. Yeah. But um, we've all got us here to this point, and God bless bloody Australia. <laughs> and um, how do you feel about your, I suppose, the personal involvement that you've had in the campaign over the past few years since you came out? Um, I, look, it's been... It just felt so right with my soul to be involved with this campaign. You know, I really... When it started to gather momentum not long before um, I came out, that was really the reason for me coming out because I'm actually much more private and shy than it would seem. Um, uh, but it just sometimes things sort of push you forward, you know, from out from behind the character. And, and this really was that. And um, uh, to, to be part of really what is history, not just for LGBTQI people, but this... this whole vote um, means so much for democracy, for Australia. It's The, ram- the, the ripple effect of the, this is going to be very far-reaching and quite massive, I think, actually. Um, uh, and I, I think some politicians might be feeling a little redundant now because <laughs> it seems that the people can do the job a bit better than they can because their, dis- their deliberative processes seem very clogged, don't they? They farmed it out to the people who got it done in, what, six weeks? <laughs>
you know, so um, uh, I think, um, look, they have a tough job too, you know, they've got to, they've got to deal with a lot of opposing forces, but, but um, one of the things I think is that so many people have claimed who the silent majority are and that we were excluded from that majority, it's actually, no, we're not, we're part of that majority and that is the most incredible welcome home more than anything, so that was when the moment was done for me. <laughs> My favourite quote um, was Magnus Sabansky uh, when she saw the uh, the actual vote happen and she said the number of people on the yes side of the chamber was so many that I thought the whole building was going to tip. Isn't that, that is a great, great quote. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, fundamental lack of understanding of how Parliament works, but, like, I really liked it. Parliament, I think you mean, like, infrastructure. Um, <laughs> anyway. Engineering, all of the above. Now, Alice, we've run through all these nice moments. Now, mm. it's really important to me that we spend a little bit of time in this podcast looking at the weird. So Let's all of the all of the amendments were voted down, but some of them, after a series of very strange speeches, there was this deeply bizarre 20 minutes in the parliament during which Bob Catter delivered an increasingly cantankerous speech. He started kind of yelling at the public gallery who were just laughing at him. It was so rowdy. Here's some of that audio. It was a book on democracy. Um, now, the thing that got me about this, well, why do we have to have people in a relationship? Why do they want to call it marriage? Well, I refuse to use the word uh, G-A-Y. And I, uh, I, did, very, I did very well, uh, if I say so myself, for speaking uh, in English and school and thereafter. And uh, I got a very high mark because there was a wonderful poem by Alexander Locke. Um, um, I'm sorry, Alexander Pope. Um, and, uh, and in it, there is a wonderful line. And then Belinda smiled and all the world was gay. And I had to look it up in the dictionary. And gay means beautiful, happy, light, attractive, ethereal. Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, can you shut him up, please? This is Parliament of Australia, <laughs> not... Uh, Happy Clappers meeting. Order the here. member will be. Um, <laughs> can, I, can we shut them up, please? Um, Mr. Speaker, um, I, these people obviously go around, all these people up here are clapping, they go around calling themselves beautiful, happy, light, attractive, ethereal. And, and, and they're proud of it. You know, well, I would be embarrassed if I went around calling myself all these great adjectives, thinking or, I'm order really the, wonderful person. Order the member for know? Kennedy. So, so, or, order, so what's, what's order in a name, Order the member for Kennedy, your, your time what, has, what? has expired. <laughs> yes. Order, could I, could I please ask the members of the audience to please refrain from clapping and making any noise while the debate is going on? Now, I ask you very quietly and politely to do so. I do give the call to the member for Kennedy. Um, so, so what I was saying was, why do they use that name? Oh, because it's a lovely name. We think we'll call ourselves a lovely name. So they take the most beautiful word in the English language and take it for themselves. Uh, well, I think you've got a, a damned high, to be perfectly honest with you. I think you've got a damned high and an inflated opinion of yourself as well. And uh, the rest of the world would agree with that, uh, what I've just said, Mr. Speaker. Now, I want to say, so why are we... So his main beef is that 
he can't use the word gay anymore. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that that was his main. He has, he has so <laughs> that was many a beef. beefs. That, <laughs> yes, there's a lot of beef on his but plate. But let the blossoms bloom, Lane. Let them bloom. <laughs> yep, the blossoms. The blossoms you did know, not we bloom were, for Bob Catter in the we chamber were, yesterday. We were joking about that thing he said about the crocodiles, but you've seen that video of the woman getting attacked by the crocodile the other day. So, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and anyway, right after right after Catter, Andrew Broad got up. Who is a Nationals MP from Victoria. Yep, and he's kind of he was moving one of the conservative amendments that were voted down. In arguing for his amendment, he made this really bizarre analogy about his daughter playing the electric guitar really badly and how this scenario applies to the amendment that he was moving about religious bodies and the exemptions that they have. So here's that. I want to give an example. Now, I have an eight-year-old daughter. She is learning to play the electric guitar. She is not very good at playing the electric guitar. But I'm happy to send her to your house to set up in your lounge room so she can play her electric guitar really, really loud. And bless her, she wants to go on The Voice. She thinks she can sing. I love her, but she can't sing. Very loud. Now you say, where am I going on this, right? She has to have the right, it is her right, to play that guitar anywhere she wants, in your house, as loud as she wants. And you say, hold on a minute here. No, it's not. It's my house. My house. I might tell her to turn it down. I might tell her after 10 minutes of playing that she needs to be quiet. Why? Because it's your house. You have the right. And Alice, afterwards, I asked a fair few people if they'd understood the analogy. You know, I think a wide cross-section of people, politicians, journalists, people in the gallery, and no one had any idea how the analogy applied to, to the point. Is the guitar LGBTI people and the, the daughter is the public? I, th- I think that the bad guitar music is gay marriage. Oh, garage. Um, and he, the, the houses that she was playing in were like religious organisations. I don't know. Let, let's, not, let's not waste any time on it. Yes. We'll let the thousand I ain't spending lose. any time on it. <laughs> anyway, we should also talk about Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull's reaction. Here is what he said in Parliament. What a day. What a day for love, for equality, for respect. Australia has done it. Every Australian had their say and they said it's fair, get on with it. And the parliament has got on with it and we have voted today for equality, for love. It's time for more marriages, more commitment, more love, more respect. And we respect every Australian who has voted, those who voted yes and those who voted no. This belongs to us all. This is Australia, fair, diverse, loving and filled with respect for every one of us. This is a great day. It belongs to every Australian. The 45th Parliament is doing its job, delivering, getting on with it. It's fair. We've done the work. We've done it together. Let's do it. Let's finalise this bill right now. Now, when everyone was voting and they were all gathered on the, the side of the chamber together, about 130 of them, and they were, they were four voting no, apparently um, 
there was kind of some scrambling about who sits where. Tanya Plibersek, Labor deputy, ended up sitting on the front bench uh, near Malcolm Turnbull. And apparently Malcolm Turnbull made this joke. This is what it's going to be like after the next election. And Tanya's fired back, yeah, but you won't be here. Meaning he won't be sitting on the government benches anymore. Oh, my God. That <laughs> is savage. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he's done a big media blitz. He did 7.30. He did all the TVs this morning and heaps of radio. And claim- he, he basically was claiming victory and saying, you know, there's never been a more exciting time to go to a gay wedding. Remarkable euphoric scenes of celebration. History's been made. It has been, and it, it, Deb, it was so joyous. Uh, what a great day. What, what, a, what, a, what a great day for love, for respect, for equality. What a great Australian day. The nation had spoken overwhelmingly for marriage equality, and the parliament voted overwhelmingly for marriage equality. It's one of those remarkable moments in our history at discrimination brought to an end after many years of debate but brought to end in a way that unites the nation. Well the bill does need to be ratified now by the Governor-General. When will we see that happen and when will we see the first gay marriages here in Australia? Uh, the, the Royal Assent will be given this morning. I'll be after in a little while I'll be going out to Government House to uh, meet uh, with the Governor-General and the Executive Council and he'll provide that uh, formal uh, assent, uh, and then the bill will be will become an act of parliament. Then it will be uh, effective uh, tomorrow. And under the act, uh, you have to give 30 days notice of a wedding. So 30 days after that, so second week of January. Lots of proposals have been issued. Lots of plans <laughs> are being made. Have you had any wedding invites issued yet? <laughs> I've had a few. I've had a few. I think it's. I think January is going to be. Uh, going to be very busy. I think maybe uh, some of the some of the, the wedding schedule might have to be uh, st- stretched out into February and March. I think there'll be uh, p- p- plenty of business for the caterers, I would think, over yeah, the next few months. I think so. It'll be good for the economy. Now, <laughs> you promised stronger religious protections within this law. Tony Abbott has criticised your failure to deliver that. Will you deal with this in separate legislation in the new year? Well, the... the Religious freedom is not prejudiced or, or adversely affected by this bill. So I, I, I note what Tony says and I, I, I just disagree with him uh, on that. There were some amendments that would have provided more reassurance, uh, which I supported. But this bill does not uh, limit or, or undermine the, the religious freedom that all Australians enjoy. Uh, now, I know concerns, real concerns have been expressed and I respect those concerns and that's why I've asked Philip Ruddock to head a panel to just review the position of religious freedom in Australia and whether uh, and to what extent it's uh, it's adequately protected. So could we and see laws then shoring that, that, that up? Pardon? Could we see then laws shoring up those religious freedoms? Well we'll, we'll see what Philip has to say. Okay. I mean it's a it's a it look Deb you know, we are. This is one of the freest nations in the world. We are free. You are free to express whatever religious view you like and practice your faith. Uh, you know, as you wish. Um, that's that's just part of our way of life. In fact, it's reflected in our constitution. Now, on the front pages of most of the papers today, there's also this amazing picture of Liberal Warren Ench, who Trent Zimmerman dubbed an honorary gay this week, literally picking up Labor's Linda Burney. You could say, Lane, that love lifts us up. Where we belong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I won't do that anymore. Um, so after the vote, Warren Ench said that someone in his electorate uh, sent him a picture of a literal rainbow that had emerged in the skies above Queensland. And, you know, if you ever needed a sign 
Literally, that is the sign. Away from the celebrations in his office at Parliament was the Coalition's instigator for reform. The Queensland croc hunter turned Liberal MP Warren Ench was in a reflective mood. I know, from a spiritual sense, I'd say that's a sign. Somebody upstairs is very, very happy about what we've just done. Now, a lot of politicians were in the room when the bill passed, but some senators missed out because they called a division. They had their own vote. Um, But Doug Cameron got up in the chamber and let everyone know what had happened in the lower house. Senator Cameron. Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, And I do apologise. I was somewhat distracted earlier in the piece as the marriage equality bill had just passed through the House of uh, Representatives. I think it's a great day. Uh, for this country and common sense uh, and, and equity uh, has prevailed. And last night, Alice, everyone went out to the pub to celebrate marriage advocates, politicians, journalists, and the pub they had chosen for the celebrations was where One Nation had decided to go for dinner. Yeah, it was the Kingo. <laughs> yeah, the Kingo. So everyone was rolling into the pub, you know, at kind of varying stages of the evening, very, very happy. And One Nation was sitting at a table kind of towards the back of, of one of the rooms at the Kingo. Pauline Hanson was there, Brian Burston, James Ashby, and then just a bunch of politicians from Labor and the Greens and Coalition Moderates and all these kind of young activists flooded into the pub, interrupted but, uh, their dinner. Now, a few weeks ago, we had Penny Wong on the podcast and she said, you know, Casually, like sometimes people just chant my name. We saw it happen in action last night at the pub. Penny, Penny, Penny were the calls from the people. And then uh, she gave a speech. Dean Smith was there. He got up and gave a speech and he started. I'd like to thank all the constitutional monarchs in the room, i.e. Ermi. And then uh, he he went on to explain there's a difference between the Queen and our Queen. And he plans on throwing a royal ascent party and he hopes it will be full of queens. Which is just lovely. And Lane, Tim Wilson's wasn't the only proposal that happened this week. There were hundreds of people all around the country proposing to their partners. And one of them was Brendan Byrne. He's Australia's ambassador to France. He, after the the bill was passed, he proposed to his partner in Paris, um, right next door to the Eiffel Tower. Uh, He did it in French, but uh, here's a little bit of what happened. Um, FYI, he said yes. (laughs) Thomas, we are ensemble depuis... uh... Depuis 11 ans, et étant donné que le Parlement australien vient de, d'approuver euh, mariage pour tous, désolé, je suis un peu euh, neveu, je voudrais euh, te poser une question. Euh, est-ce que tu feras euh, me, me plaisir de, de m'épouser J'espère que c'est la, la bonne question. <rire> I just wanted to quickly mention that Canberra Christian couple who promised to get divorced if same-sex marriage was legalised, well, they've changed their minds. Guys, they've changed their minds. They're staying together. So love, love truly has won. Love has won. Anyway, else, it's done. It's over. It's all gone. It's over and done with. There it's will over be and done no with. more postal survey updates. What are you going to do with yourself? Everyone keeps asking me that. And I'm so scared, <laughs> as you know. Thanks for asking me on the podcast. Um, but I do want to give the final word to Labor MP Julian Hill. I would describe his speech on the same-sex marriage bill this week as kind of a cross between a roast and a, and a rant, but, but very funny. And so especially this description. Let's listen to it. As I was saying, in your brilliant way, you came up with the worst possible solution to the Prime Minister's spinelessness, an optional Dolly Doctor-style answer until tell us only if you want to kind of quiz to obstruct, delay and stymie. Now the only silver lining to this mess is that the Australian people have stepped up wonderfully 
with a turnout rate around 80 per cent, which has given this whole sorry, shameful exercise sufficient validity to finish it now. Not, I believe, because Australians really wanted to have their say overall, as the Prime Minister keeps waffling—quite the contrary, the real scientific polls would suggest—but instead people stepped up, sent back their surveys when we, the parliamentarians and the legislators, failed to do our job. And I'm greatly relieved that the national turnout was strong and that the people took charge when we failed them. Although our colleague Gina Rushton did point out that Dolly Doctor, which doesn't exist anymore because that... What's the, Dolly the magazine is gone. Yeah. Um, she pointed out that Dolly Doctor is actually quite reliable and like got hev- like heavy praise from medical experts. Yeah, a University of Newcastle study of more than 160 articles found that Dolly Doctor dished out 100% accurate health advice, <laughs> <laughs> even surpassing magazines with the word health in their titles. <laughs> So, so <laughs> you know, maybe it maybe it wasn't quite the roast that Julian Hill thought it was. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. Uh, Blaine, you've had an amazing week. I know you're very tired. <laughs> I don't want to drag this out any longer, but you've done a great job. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. And I wanted you to know that. And okay. I wanted everyone to know that this is me telling Lane that she's the best. All right. I want to say a big thank you to our producer, Nicholas Ray, Josh Taylor, Nicola Harvey, Richard James, Peter Holmes, and the whole pod team. A big thank you to Rode Microphones for supporting the podcast. You can go to buzzfeed.com slash on or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Leave a rating and a review. We will be back next week with the last podcast of the year. I know. Rip in peace. The last one. It's going to be great. I am at Workman Alice on Twitter. She is at Lane Sainty. I am. And Alice, before we go, mm, mm. I have to ask, it's been a big week. Is it on? It is on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends Curtis and David are getting married. <laughs> it's on for same-sex couples they've only, they've only been engaged for a decade, but uh, I got the official put your name down here. We're, we're doing it. Great. I'll see if Albo's available. Um, Lovely. But, <laughs> but on, a, on, a, on a serious point, you know, Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbull did have the win of the week. Bill Shorten had a pretty, pretty much a, a bit of a shocker. But there's been... He's, there's been a bit of backlash to Malcolm claiming victory over the same-sex marriage debate. Fair no house. one really, any time a politician puts their hand up to say it was me, no one really likes that. Everyone kind of wants it to be a cross-party, bipartisan effort. Um, so we talked last week on the podcast about uh, that amazing the quote that uh, that he liked to give about the from that crocodile book. Mm-hmm. But I thought there's this amazing thing in uh, the ABC reported this week. Some months back, Malcolm Turnbull uh, struck back at his doubters and said, just because you don't know the plan doesn't mean there isn't one. <laughs> He's held a gathering of coalition MPs, which, I, I mean, I think that's interesting because uh, he's, he's played he's played this week, uh, if that's the case, he's played this week very differently because it's, it's certainly something you'd say if you didn't have a plan, <laughs> but also potentially if you did have a plan <laughs> that no one knew about. When the um, there were such different reactions by the different political leaders, uh, the majority of people went out to the party that, that we that we were at before and... But Malcolm Turnbull, after the bill passed, stayed in the chamber and introduced his national security legislation. And I stayed in the chamber for another 45 minutes afterwards when the whole place just emptied out and he stood there talking to an empty room about national security. And he wasn't photographed with anyone. He wasn't photographed. Instead, he just posted this weird picture of himself alone in his office. Like Mm, very mm. strange things. But um, finally, is it on? Lane, I know you love talking about state politics. Yeah. It's on in Queensland. Tim Nichols won't stay on as LNP leader. Yep. Maybe they'll bring back Campbell Newman. Who knows? <laughs> Who, Who can say? Knows. Okay, Lane. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank you, everyone, Alice. for listening. All right. Have bye, a terrific everyone. weekend. Bye, bye, bye. Goodbye. Bye, bye. <laughs>